0: Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith.
1: And you are on On the Record with Tiffany. And today I have my special guest, uh, Dr. Richard Gibney. Dr. Gibney, Uh, Tell my audience a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, I have the uh, great privilege to uh, work in Waco, Texas, and uh, started out with uh, a um, typical practice, uh, Trained in San Antonio. That's where I got my internship, uh, residency, and fellowship in uh, nephrology, and then moved to Waco, Texas uh, to practice uh, medicine. Uh, to practice nephrology and uh, was doing kind of the typical thing uh, with nephrology as far as chronic kidney disease and dialysis and then met the people from IHI uh, which taught me about how to do the science of of quality improvement and then from that uh, met a group from Sweden who showed us that they had self-care dialysis where the patients were uh, coached and trained to do all their own. Uh, building of the machine and understand all the concepts. People were, had created a joyful uh, atmosphere, a collaborative atmosphere with the staff. Dramatic drop in mortality to uh, half of what it was before. Dramatic drop in hospitalization rate, half of what it was before. So much better quality of life, much better, um, uh, uh, health overall. And so uh, we had a group that dramatically improved. It's the same thing with the staff. Tremendously joyful, tremendously happy, uh, much, much. So, a collaborative partnership where both patients and staff were doing something that they really enjoyed. And we brought joy and a sense of hope and dignity back to medical care.
1: So, from Waco, Texas, you took global innovation from Sweden. Came to San Antonio, figured out how to do it, and then brought it back to the individual. So that's, you know, a prime example of, of how we can take something from the world market and how the world has has really gotten smaller. So you took Absolutely. took that Swedish innovation and brought it back and adapted it to a Texas environment, central Texas environment.
0: Correct. And
2: and to show you that the people of Texas are smart, they're good, they're just extraordinarily talented people. And so it wasn't a little boutique for just a few people. We had started out with mm-hmm. the best people, obviously, that we thought would be successful, but we very quickly passed it on to mm-hmm. all the patients that were starting dialysis. And we by the time by the end of two thousand eighteen 70% of the patients were doing self-care dialysis, where they were building the machines, their quality of life had dramatically improved, their hope, their optimism, their joy had dramatically improved. And with 70% doing it, it showed you that this is not restricted because of a disability. It's not re- restricted because of of backgrounds or limitations on, on what they had, had as far as schooling or education that everybody can do self-care dialysis. You simply have to adjust it for each person and each person's abilities and needs.
1: And as I understand it, you had 800 people in, in, uh, your program with people who were from, uh, who were the most compliant and great, but you also took, uh, patients who were very much, uh, difficult cases who other other programs had kicked them out they didn't really have an option other than you or going to the emergency room for dialysis that's right and what
2: we discovered real quickly was that if you adapted to a patient's abilities and recognize their humanity things change very quickly so uh things changed when we took the worst patient in our unit said, would you like to uh, be in charge of your care? We'll coach and train you where you can really be uh, in control, gain back your dignity and your hope. And he said, well, yeah. And he became one of the best patients in the unit. And we spread that throughout all of our 11 facilities. And we finally had the program with hope and caring where we take the most challenging people. And there's a term that we used to use called noncompliant patients. And there are no non-compliant patients we the term of bad patients, there are no bad patients Now, what there are are patients where our system, meaning internal to us, we haven't figured out what is best for that person and if you'll spend the time to figure that out by giving them love and the patient recognizing the care and the love that you have for them, it changes everything to where they have trust. you have a relationship through their stories. And their relationship, you build a trusting relationship between the staff and the patient. And with that, uh, amazing things happen. Even the most difficult patients that even have, say, a, a severe psychiatric problems or that have uh, uh, significant drug problems, over time, as you gain that trust and relationship, those people all stabilize. And uh, we started it in one of our units and then we spread it to the other units. When we first started in one unit, it was common that the patients, we said, okay, you can now return to a regular unit. You don't have to tra- travel to a geographically farther place. The patients, a lot of them would say, no, 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 I want to stay here because I recognize the love and the caring that the staff provide. And I've developed wonderful friendships and wonderful partnerships with both staff and patients. So it's really, a." a magnificent example of what medicine should be
1: and that's a, a a timely example because right now we're dealing with a lot of social unrest and and uh we have questions about what's happening even within our healthcare system uh with with things like adjusted egfr um people need to know that that uh they are seen as human and that they are uh that there are places where they're being, where uh, patients are just being treated well, across the board, because they are uh, human beings in need. Uh,
2: Absolutely, and so if you'll go ahead and do the recognition of behavior being an important part of the equation and Mm -hmm. meet those abilities and the humanity, and then you add on top of that to look at the social, determinants of health and so everybody knows that if you don't have transportation if you don't have food if you don't have enough money for medication we've got to figure out ways to identify that and you're,
0: and you're right we do have to figure out, out ways to identify ways. that and
2: in, in the medical way we can do the very best say for a patient with Diabetes or hypertension mm-hmm. or some decrease of kidney function and seizures. They come in the hospital, we stabilize it, but then if we send them home and we haven't addressed the issues of transportation, uh, money to buy medications, et cetera, just basics of life, then those patients are going to be right back in the hospital and uh, we've missed a big part of what's going on. So what we need to do is be able to find the real issues of going on with people and be depression uh, where we weren't able to recognize it before, uh, the spirituality of, of what do we need to do for these people to help them with their mental, emotional needs. So those are all parts of the story. It's not just simply physical. And if we can stabilize all those, which we can, uh, we have the greatest medical system in the world. We do. We just uh, haven't, we just haven't uh, adequately addressed all the different needs. And there, and there are also uh, there are also times where I think that what we're doing uh, doesn't reach all people. That it it reaches some people, but then there are other people, and they're uh, tragically uh, they don't get the kind of needs that need to be addressed. And so, our goals should be uh, multifaceted.
1: Of, mm-hmm. What's that? I said our goal should be multifaceted kidney disease isn't is a one size fits all um formula that that can just be doled out to to uh, everyone people are different and cultures are different so when we're dealing with with uh people in Texas uh along the border that's the culture is is a little bit different and you need to address people where they are today and when you're dealing with people who are in in dallas in the middle of the state uh it's a little bit different there so you you that's the hypertension crowd so we we want to deal with each group each uh, different set of people groups um um in a culturally sensitive manner
2: absolutely and our Our goals should be very bold and very impressive. So, if we said, well, we think we should help some people, I think a better answer is some is not a number. So, if you said what the number should be, is we should get to the point where nobody has to start dialysis in the future because we figured out ways to stabilize and make kidney function better or do implantable artificial kidneys. So that the answer is, <clears throat> we're going to help everybody. And then, <clears throat> if you said, "What about time?" Well, we're going to help somebody soon. Well, soon is not soon is not a time. How about now? How about yesterday? How about as soon as we can? Uh, we are the greatest country in the world. We're the most powerful medical people in the world. We can accomplish the things we're talking about. And sometimes, when sometimes when these tragic things occur, like the coronavirus from that we can make possible dramatic improvements in medical therapy and that's what hopefully will happen this time and from the tragedies that we're seeing we're going to make things dramatically better for everybody that's involved
1: if you are are somebody who uh, knows somebody who has chronic kidney disease if you're related to someone with chronic kidney disease If you have hypertension or diabetes, you're going to want to come back and listen to to what Dr. Gibney has to say, because there's more to this. We're all in this together, and let's learn how we can, can better treat ourselves and our neighbors to get chronic kidney disease under control. So come back, listen to On the Record with Tiffany, and we will see you in just a moment. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website www.txkidney.org check out our free screenings you can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you you can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you and you are listening to on the with tiffany and i have dr richard gibney um to talk a little bit more about uh, what we're seeing with uh, patients who are are going through COVID-19 right now and uh, healthcare in uh, our great state and in the United States. Right now, uh, as of of, uh, this month, they're reporting 45% of those who are hospitalized have some uh, kidney issue. That's what the CD, CDC is reporting. They're in some stage of of, uh, of kidney disease. What does that mean uh, to the rest of us, Dr. Gibney, when we're hearing something like that? What does that mean?
2: Well, it, it tells us that obviously uh, you are at huge risk for something bad happening to you if you already have A uh, compromise in your health, that your immune system is compromised as part of that story with chronic kidney disease. So uh, you're at huge risk to be sick, to be put in the hospital, and then ultimately to pass away, which obviously is a a a disaster for anybody involved. So uh,
1: I'll tell you, uh, you know, a personal story. My um, this weekend we just buried uh Jamarcus Cruz uh a really good friend of mine's uh brother and I've I've known his sister Shirley uh for like tw- over 20 years uh so I was I'd called Jamarcus up to see we were we were working on another issue and I was talking to him about moving to Texas cuz I was like you know we have the best people in in uh in Kidney disease and kidney health. Here, you know, I, I just really revere my uh, uh, associates here in in Texas. The doctors that are here, they are are wonderful. The nurses, the the uh, social workers, the dietitians. We have some amazing dietitians, you know. So I was like, you should you should uh, really consider moving to Texas. And you know, I was calling them back up to talk to them about that a little bit and. And uh when I called I didn't get anyone so I called Shirley and I was like, What's up with Jamarcus? You know, he's not answering any of my calls and she said that's because he has COVID nineteen and he's he was uh last night he called me and he uh told me that he can't breathe and that he's gonna have to go on the, the machine and uh and she was telling him, you know, you can fight this. You can fight through this, you know, don't 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 give up. But he he ultimately won. The the worst part about this was that he knew that he wasn't going to make it back off of that machine. He he felt that he wasn't. And the second part was that he was scared. And his family was the same way. This Jamarcus was thirty-five years old. He was diagnosed with diabetes at 14. Uh nobody followed his his uh kidney function and he went into kidney failure at uh 28 years old. Um and then subsequently died uh at 35. Nobody should have to say goodbye like that with him over the phone. And uh it was just his wife has covid-19. Uh They have a 14-year-old son, Marcellus, um, and he was exposed, but asymptomatic. Um, Just the whole experience of COVID-19 has shown us that it's not okay to be, uh, to have all of these underlying conditions. If there's a way for us Uh, to fight it. And and that way is early detection, is to find it before it gets to end-stage renal disease. We need to be doing that. And, you know, that's basically what Texas Kidney Foundation is about, is is early detection. We we literally have gotten uh, thousands of free tests donated to us so that we, uh, funding for, funding so we can can provide thousands of free tests to uh, our community. So when you hear all of this with uh, COVID-19 and how it's affecting uh, kidney disease now, because we know that kidney disease is already up in terms of worldwide, uh, a worldwide problem, according to the uh, World Health Organization, we've had uh, a 32% increase in in uh, deaths from kidney disease, and that was since 2005, and that's without coronavirus. So, what are, what do you think we're looking at as we uh, move forward?
2: Yeah, I would say that. I mean, a good example is why the Texas Kidney Foundation is so important and so powerful. This whole concept of upstream, and you say, "What do I mean by upstream?" So, uh, I'll give you an example, a story where there were three. Three guys walking down to the river and when they get close to the river they hear these people yelling and yelling help 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 and they they see there's some people in the river drowning and so the first guy jumps in the river just to save the person so that uh, they don't drown second guy he's trying to build a raft there's so many people in the river uh, drowning that he's going to build a raft to push the draft the raft down there to uh, help more people the third guy He starts running up the bank of the river. And the other guy said, what the heck are you doing? He says, well, it's obvious. There's some crazy person upstream that's throwing all these people in the river, and I'm going to go ahead and get them to stop (laughs) so we don't have all these people drowning. That's what Texas Kidney Foundation does. Stop throwing the people in the river. And if you do that, guess what? Our whole game dramatically changes to one of wellness, to one of, um, joy, great lifestyles. Yes. And yes concentrate on a variety of things. We've heard that, yes. you, you, you've heard that we, that people with diabetes and hypertension are much more prone to this problem. We've heard that there's a lot of people because of all the fast food places over the last, uh, 30 or 40 years that, uh, a lot of people that are overweight. But what can we do? Mm-hmm. A good example would be like with, with this, what's happened right now with the uh, coronavirus, we should have a very good program of media across the nation, especially in Texas, uh-huh. of saying here. Here's all the things you can do. You can do a bicycle, you can do wow. walking, you can do yoga, you can do all these different things.
1: We and should we have change, an attack going on obesity. Obesity. I, I say this all the time. The only reason I am not in the same boat as the rest of my family, as many, many of my family members, as many people with it, within our community are, is because I lost 187 pounds 10 years ago and just said, it, you know, I'm not, I'm going to lose it. I'm not going to put it back on. And I did exactly that. It required now. When I did this, I thought uh, it was. It first of all, it was more than just uh, a weight loss regimen. It was more than a weight loss surgery or a weight loss uh, whatever uh, pill or or whatever you can think of. Because what I had to do in order to actually lose that weight was I had to change how I thought. I had to change how I interacted with people and subsequently food, because my reaction to food was exactly that. It was a reaction generally based on, on someone upsetting me, hurting my feelings or happy. All emotions were associated with food. Happy. I ate sad. I ate angry. I ate, uh, it takes a lot of work to, to, to be a hundred, three hundred and forty 340 pounds, which is what I was, uh, um, at my heaviest, uh, it, because you're eating volumes of food, so I had to learn not to stuff my feelings with food. And I thought, oh, that's only going to take me—you know—I'll probably take me like, you know, three years, three three months, six months. I'll unplug from from television, and it took me like three and a half years unplugging from television. Um, so I, I um, would only watch like. Netflix and you know sparingly if I did I just had no uh running television no running news none of that in my in my home and uh forced myself to pick something else to do other than eat and I began to say no to people like when someone I began to value my time and uh, take time to do the things that I wanted to do because I had uh, adopted my husband and I had adopted two little girls and I wanted to be an example for them. So they were my catalyst for doing what was right for my, my body. But uh, I fully agree. We should be, we should have an all out war going on, Mm -hmm. on obesity, and helping people uh, choose the right things for them—it's baby steps, you know. I didn't lose all of that weight in in uh, three months. It took like two and a half years to get it all off. Um, so it's not it's not something that happens out of nowhere. But you end up having to change everything, you know. I thought, oh, I could get a weight loss surgery. I'll be good. I'll be, you know, all this weight will just come off. Uh, you quickly find out that that a weight loss surgery is not it's it will give you a kickstart. it won't it won't get all the weight off you you're gonna have to work no matter what you're gonna have to work so uh when if you have diabetes hypertension, or some form of chronic kidney disease, come back and and listen keep listening to what we what we're talking about because this could save you. Your family member, or someone that you're close to, the heartache of chronic kidney disease. And you are listening to On the Record with Tiffany. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany with my special guest, Dr. Richard Gibney. Dr. Givney, during the break, you were just talking about uh, uh, wellness programs that we should have. A wellness program. Can you can you tell the listeners what you were what you were just telling me?
2: I was telling Tiffany that it's funny the stories. Uh, you know, for, I've had a bunch of friends that have lost weight that were overweight. that lost weight during from let's say March till now, mm-hmm. and they all said the same reason was. That because they were working from home, they didn't go to any of the fast food places that they would normally go to during the week. And they they didn't do it intentionally, but it was their working at home, so they had a, a better diet at home than going to a fast food place. So that's kind of a, a way to look at it and say, gee, maybe if I don't go to fast food places, I can lose weight. And kind of look at, you know, maybe if I don't snack. A, I mean, you're the best example, Tiffany, of looking at yourself and saying, okay here's all the different things I could do to make it work and that's kind of specific for you you know what kind of exercise works for you what kind Mm -hmm. of change in diet Uh, you're correct that uh, Texas uh, um, uh, we we do not have the most heart healthy diet but that's okay But you know what? You
1: can, you literally can customize like what I did to begin with. I started with, I still have them. I started with some three pound weights because I couldn't, I could not lift five pound weights. Like I had no upper body strength or anything like that. I started with three pound weights and an incumbent bike. I still have an incumbent bike. I I keep an incumbent bike and I ride it just for exercise exercise. And longevity. I didn't do anything uh uh that I would find difficult because I tried Zumba before and a three hundred and forty-pound woman doing Zumba is not <laughs> good. <laughs> okay, it's not good visually, it's not good physically for the three hundred and forty-pound woman because I was going one way and all of my body mass was going in another direction. <laughs> it was just it i needed to do something simple so i did the weight lifting i started with the little 3 pound weights i moved up i moved up i moved up you know until i could could lift uh 10 pound and 20 pound and 25 pound weights which i can still lift um i can do more than that now but when I initially started out ten years ago that's where that's where I began was there was where i where I was at, and I didn't begin just i didn't switch all of the food that i ate i I did what I was comfortable doing until i I just kind of inched up now as of today, if you looked at what I would put on my plate. 10 years ago and look at what I put on my plate now, it's markedly different. I don't even, I would say probably 40% of the things I ate at that time, I don't even, it, they haven't touched my plate in, in at least three or four years. You know, I just don't eat the same way, but it didn't, but that didn't happen yeah. overnight. I think. I'll
0: get me a good example.
2: I'll give you a good example. A friend of mine, uh, uh showed me a picture, black and white picture. There's a whole bunch of people at a lake, um, in Fort Worth. And he said, what's unbelievable about uh, this picture? And he said, and this is from 1950. And I said, what? He said, it's a black and white picture, 1950. And so, uh, you know, uh, there are boat races on the lake. And then a picture of a big, there's a picture of a big group of people just standing there at, on the banks of the lake watching the boat race. And I said, I don't know. He said, what's amazing is they're all skinny. These are all skinny people, 1950. Mm -hmm. So you look at this and you think, what happened? Well, we got fast food places. We got where everybody, instead of eating at home, goes out to restaurants and they give you large servings of stuff. Um, So you can do things like you did where you made a change in your choices. Or you could say, you know, let's uh, chop the quantity in half and you take half and I'll take half. There's just so many things like that you could do because back in 1950, everybody in Texas was skinny. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. They were. It's true. It's true. We, and when we drank sodas, the sodas were eight ounce sodas. They weren't, you know, 32 ounce sodas. Like yeah. that right now we when we drink, we 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 drink more of our calories than we're actually eating. We drink as many calories as we're as we're eating many people do like that was one thing just simply cutting cutting down not not necessarily cutting out but cutting down on the the number of sodas that that you drink or cutting down on the number of sugary drinks that you're consuming it that that one change can cut enough calories and uh, fat in your diet calories and sugar that you can lose weight just from that.
2: Uh, you're absolutely correct. So uh, you are the role model. Uh, you may be, well, maybe we can use you as the role model, Tiffany, for Governor Abbott. Abbott. <laughs> you're like,
1: you know, like- I'll be happy to be his role model for that because that's one thing. When it comes down to uh, losing weight and, and the difference that your life is, I remember the day when I could look down and see my feet. Because at 340 pounds, I couldn't see my feet. when I looked, when I could just tilt my head down and see them. (laughs) I know that sounds, that probably sounds ridiculous to you, never having weighed 340 pounds. But man, everybody that's listening to this broadcast that has weighed more than they should have, significantly more, you know what I'm talking about. When you can look down and see your feet and you hadn't seen them in a few years, that's an exciting feeling. When you can put on shoes that are not slip-on shoes, because you can you can lean down and tie them, it's an exciting feeling. And there's this one weird feeling that only another person who has lost a lot of weight would know. And that is when you're washing your hands. When you're washing your hands, you literally can feel how much thinner your hands are like for years I could feel that for years. I don't feel it now. Like I, I do a little bit, but, but for years, it just seemed like I was washing somebody else's hands <laughs> because they were so different. You know, it just felt so different from, from uh, when I was heavier. I mean, I can, I slept better. I still sleep better. I don't have acid reflux. Like there's so many things that, that just, And in that sense, I can relate to everybody that used to be heavy or that is heavy now. You know, I'm right there with you, brother and sister. I'm right there with you.
2: (laughs) And then Tiffany's giving everybody a powerful tool to say, would you like to decrease the risk of illness, of disease, of making your life safer during the coronavirus, of making it less likely for you to get diabetes, hypertension,
1: all the above and that's why we have thousands of tests to help help detect this disease. So if you are listening and you have a have a relative that has uh that has been diagnosed with diabetes or hypertension, then you need to contact the Texas Kidney Foundation. You can go on to our website www.txkidney.org. You can uh go on 930 a.m., the answer, look me up and go to my webpage OTR with Tiffany dot com. And uh, you can find a link to Texas Kidney Foundation and get to our free screenings. Because we want to help you find this disease. And if you have it, we're going to help you walk through what's next and get a lifestyle coach. We've got free lifestyle coaches. We've got everything that you need. We just need you. We just need you. Uh, If you want to know a little bit more about how we can help you and what we can do uh, together, because we're all in this together. And when, when Texas Kidney Foundation says that, and when Dr. Gibney says that, we mean that. We mean we're willing to take your hand and help you walk through what it takes to get the weight off or to get, get, the diagnosis that you need, or just the peace of mind that you need uh, from knowing that you don't have kidney disease and what your next steps would be from there. But you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm asking you to come on back and listen a little bit more so we can talk about what you can do for your health. We may be going through a pandemic, but use this time as a time for you to regroup, and readdress how you're living and what you actually need as a person as a human being and as a healthy individual in this world it's not too late for you to take back your health you just have to jump in the game and be willing to do so so come back listen to on the record with tiffany and we will see you in just a moment I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And you are listening to On the Record with Tiffany, and I have Dr. Richard Gibney.
2: I'm out in the middle of West Texas, uh, in the middle of nowhere, and do you think that dissuaded her? Do you think that in any way uh, got her to say, gee, I'm not sure we can do this? Uh, I guess I would say uh, uh, Tiffany does not know the word. Uh, Give up. Uh, Never give up is her mantra. Uh, (laughs) She can do anything. She's extraordinary, gifted, and talented, and you might as well just go ahead and do whatever she says, because you don't, she's just going to continue to give you all the support and all the help you need to help you be successful and stay healthy.
1: And that is true. I I don't give up when it comes down to uh, health. I don't give up because I, I know what it's like to be, to feel like people have thrown in the towel on you. I know what it's like to feel like you're, you're by yourself and that's an awful feeling. It's an awful feeling to feel like you failed in life. You know, and and that's what a lot of people who are obese feel like. You know, they they feel like they've let them they've let themselves down, that they that you're out of control, that you're all of these things. Well, you know what? In the next second, you can take control. In the next second, you can, be, you can begin to live your life the way you want to live it. And if you don't know how to do that, I will help you do that. We will help you do that. Texas Kidney Foundation is waiting to help you do that because no one is alone. We are Texans. And when we say that we're in this together, that's exactly what we mean. We're in this together we will help you in whatever way we can the only thing that we can't do is call you up if we don't have your phone number so you you got to call us <laughs> you got to contact us but we can tell you every everything from there give you all of the the steps that you need to get to the next level and that's for anybody it's a free service uh and it's it, it is we created it because of the need in regards to uh, kidney disease and how it relates to diabetes. Diabetes is a major problem here in in, uh, in our state and in our nation. I would say diabetes could be considered a, uh, a pandemic of its own. Um, along with kidney disease, we've got these chronic illnesses that are so pervasive and you can't... People don't, don't know enough about them. They don't know that they even have them. So, uh, you know, it, I, it's easy to feel overwhelmed when someone, when a doctor or a nurse or a medical professional tells you that you have a chronic illness, but know that the, the professionals that we have at Texas Kidney Foundation and the wonderful doctors that we have the, the pleasure of working with and nurses that we have the pleasure of working with, um, they're all there to help you. They're, they all have a heart for uh, our community. And I, I you know that was one of the things that I really liked about you, Dr. Gidney, is that is the heart that you have for patients and for engaging the patient in the process, because that's so important.
2: Yeah, if you want to talk about the next section you want to talk about uh being lonely and spirituality because obviously a lot of people are struggling with being lonely oh, yeah. and spirituality because why? They're they're locked down, they're people in nursing homes that have no contact from anybody. What do you do for them? Uh, people that are uh locked not locked, locked down or they're trapped in their apartments and nobody to talk to. It appears like nobody cares about me. Mm-hmm. Those are huge, huge issues of depression, uh, alcoholism, and, when, when and you're all in a, sorts of...
1: The alcohol rates, people, the, the liquor stores were literally selling out at the beginning of this pandemic. And they have been, it's been one of the most lucrative businesses. Yep. The liquor stores have been one of the most lucrative businesses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. Throughout a, a this pandemic, which is just a, a essential
2: business, liquor stores.
1: I know. I, I mean, I'm like I, I don't I mean, know if really. that really counts as essential. <laughs> I don't think that should be on the list, but it we're is. not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna quibble about what's on the list. I I I support our um I support our government. You know, if somebody thinks that's
2: essential. The rationale was that there are so many alcoholics already. If you close the liquor stores, it'd be even worse.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I hope not. I hope that wasn't the rationale. But, uh, you know, it, there, it it definitely speaks to the fact that that when people are, are locked down like this, when people are, are um, quarantined, that uh, there's a lot of isolation that goes along with that because uh i don't think that anyone realized a that it would last this long and b that uh how much interaction they had at work and in in other areas of their lives just going out going uh and being out and about you know i have small children so i still have the same level of interaction as i normally would with other human beings uh, I have two small children, a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, and then my husband. And and, uh, and I'm still, because we are essential, we, we're we still going in and out of our office. Our office is just not open to the public in, in the sense that uh, people are in the office. But we do our screening as a drive-up screening, so when, in order to maintain safety for the the uh patient that's coming to Texas Kidney Foundation, but we are still functioning and working every day um so I'm not experiencing the same thing that that uh our other counterparts in Texas are experiencing, which is is uh, varying stages of of isolation depending on whether or not they have uh the person has an underlying condition and that can be hard. What are your colleagues right. saying? sorry what what are you experiencing when you're dealing with people and and uh, the uh the isolation. Same, it's
2: the same yeah, it is the same i mean it uh you know it's 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 rough uh i am becoming uh pretty good at uh video conferencing <laughs> and so <laughs> so exactly that, that, and you get used to the, what do call it, the kinetics of, of video conferencing. So, mm-hmm. um, so that, that's, I think that's another benefit. Telehealth uh, is another benefit. Uh, uh, they're good. There are, there, there are significant good things where we can come out of this and we will be better. And the whole concept of good customer service for the person, the patient, the person is going to be dramatically better. Uh, yes, yeah, you know, medicine was never uh, focused on customer service, but now coming out of this, uh, we're going to realize that yeah, uh, we're going to try to figure out how we can transition to as many much stuff as at home. So instead of the person or patient having to go everywhere to get X-rays and lab and doctors and all this stuff, mm-hmm. how about you come to the person at home and make it where the knowledge and the therapies that the person needs can all can all be done at home and you you take the the uh tremendous amount and, and who benefits the mo- most from this people that are vulnerable marginalized mm-hmm. the poor uh they don't have to say well i don't have a car well i don't know how to ride a bus uh, uh i uh and the cost is money.
1: significantly less the cost is significantly ah. less when when uh you're using a telehealth model, like for for uh, our our cost per patient uh, has gone down significantly. Uh, the you know all, all of our services that we offer through Texas Kidney Foundation is free, but we have been able to get uh, right. a number of tests for free from uh, other agencies and and through the government that that uh, all we needed was uh, the doctor or the nurse to to conduct the test. So now our cost per, per patient, like for lab work, for some of the lab work that we're doing is under $20, which is if that same patient went into a doctor's office, they would pay in the range of $100 for the same test. And yet they can get the... The so, lab work at the lab, eliminating the middleman, Texas Kidney Foundation, just utilizing one of our employees or multiple employees, actually. But um. and the cost went down to under
2: $20. So the
1: magic, the
2: magic of this story that you're sharing is that. We can improve the quality of medical care. Mm-hmm. We can improve the outcomes of medical care exactly. and at the same time decrease cost.
1: Exactly.
2: Very cost and efficient. It, mm-hmm. and, most, and most importantly, improve the patient experience.
1: Improve their experience. that's what, what, what empowers patients. When, they're, when the experience is a good one and, and uh, they get the outcome that they need. And then, and they're not breaking the bank to do it because it's very, you don't want people in a position where they're having to choose between whether they're going to eat or what, they're, uh, how they're going to feed their children. And that is a real choice or whether or not they can afford a medication that they need as opposed to taking the test. You want them to take the test. You want them to be able to afford that, that, uh, piece of healthcare that they need that little piece of their healthcare puzzle that they need. Um, you're listening to On The Record With Tiffany, and I'm talking with my special guest, Dr. Richard Gibney. Come back and listen a little bit more while we talk about chronic kidney disease and the changes in healthcare that COVID-19 has brought about that have actually been good for us and that are gonna help us as we, as we look to the future.
0: You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930AMTheAnswer.com and join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930AM The Answer.
1: I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes To two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. One in three San Antonians is at risk for kidney disease. Do you know what your kidney health is? Well, South Texas Renal Care Group has come up with a wonderful program called Don't Kid With Your Kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. Go to their website, www.mykidneys.com to check out a free screening near you. Don't kid with your kidneys, because kidney disease isn't kidding with you